Hello, welcome, and dobrodošli to Feel Slovenia, the podcast. In each episode, we will explore what I have called the world's best country, meeting locals, traveling, eating, and getting to know the very best of Slovenia. This podcast is written and hosted by me, Dr. Noah Charney, and is brought to you by the Slovenian Tourist Board. At the Slovenian Pavilion as part of the famous World Travel Market in London, the star attraction in 2023 was an enormous old-fashioned mechanical printing press. Alongside it was shelving full of all the analog tools of the trade a printer would need, shelf upon shelf of letters cast in lead in various fonts and sizes, inks, altogether around three tons of material that had been transported by truck from Ljubljana. Guests could come to the pavilion and take home a beautiful souvenir color travel poster printed on the very machine on show featuring Ljubljana's market and the triple bridge. They can also meet my guest for this episode, master printer Marko Durpic. In this episode, we look at how printing of books in particular helps Slovenia toward independence and how tourists can participate in their own printmaking workshops while visiting. The enormous World Travel Market Annual Conference in London features more than 100 countries, each vying for the attention of travel industry professionals. Essentially, this is a place where countries can promote themselves as destinations to the biggest travel agencies and tour providers on the planet. Saudi Arabia built a two-story gilded bungalow erected right inside the Expo Center. Peru sent a food truck offering national street food specialties. Morocco plumped for the installation of a huge lighting system that created three-dimensional images like a giant face made of light that spoke of the wonders of visiting that country. At the Slovenian Pavilion, the star attraction was an enormous old-fashioned mechanical printing press. It included three tons of material altogether. Now that's a heavy truckload to drive over from Ljubljana. The invention of the printing press, more specifically of movable type, was arguably the single most important invention since the wheel. Movable type used letters made of metal that could be arranged and rearranged to print pages of books, rather than having to carve out an entire one-time-use plate containing all the text for one page, which then had to be discarded and a new one carved for each subsequent page. This meant that a printmaker could reuse letters over and over, thus making books more affordable and quicker to make. The printed word was available to the masses. In Europe, this was thanks to Johannes Gutenberg, a printmaker from Mainz, Germany. Though to give credit where it's due, movable type was already in use centuries earlier in China, but Gutenberg didn't know about it. The earliest books printed in Slovenian were made in Tübingen, Germany, since the technology was not immediately available elsewhere. Primoz Trubar, a Protestant reformer, printed two books in 1550. Catechism and Abetsednik, a grammar book in Slovene. This was revolutionary as it provided text for Slovenes in their local language, as opposed to in German, the language of the government in the Habsburg Empire, or in Latin, the language of the clergy and Catholicism. Yuri Dalmatin would follow, printing the first translation of the Bible into Slovenian. Printing presses rose in Slovenia and printing, along with teaching, in Slovenian became a quiet rebellion 
for Slovenians within the confines of the Habsburg Dominion. Slovenia's revolution was not military but linguistic. Their sense of themselves as a single people within the umbrella of the Habsburg Empire was through a unification of language. It makes sense, then, that the Slovenian pavilion at this major world travel expo should have a printing focus. Representing printmaking in Slovenia, manning that very heavy equipment, was my guest, Marko Durpic. Marko is the chatty, friendly, hugely knowledgeable and passionate owner of Tipo Renaissance, a happily mechanical, old-school printmaker's workshop on the Ljubljanica River in the center of Ljubljana. He creates art prints and books, anything that can be made beautiful when run through a printing press. But he also teaches workshops, whether to schools or to tourists. I interviewed him live and on-site as part of Slovenia's promotion at the World Travel Market. In this session, I'm speaking with Marko Derpic, who runs Tipo Renaissance, a very analog, mechanical, old-fashioned printmaking shop in Ljubljana, right along the Ljubljanica River. It's a beautiful location. And also Daniel Omerzel from Ljubljana Tourism. And now we're talking about traditional crafts in Ljubljana and Slovenia. In particular, in this age of experiential tourism, you want to travel not just to see things, but also to gain experiences. What are some traditional crafts that you can engage in when you visit Ljubljana? Let's begin with you, Marco. Tell me about your passion for printmaking. Where did it begin? It started several years ago, when, actually 25 years ago, when I walked into a print shop to sign proofs so they could start production, and I had a little extra time, and I started to wander around, and there was a, 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 there was a door with an inscription, composing room, which drew my attention and asked permission to, to enter, and uh, the magic happened. It was a kind of space where they would put all the, the, the equipment that they wouldn't need. So I asked them, like, get them by a cart, and I asked them, if you're ever going to throw this away, call me. And I got that call in a year time. So that's how it started. Then the second big step was, uh, in 2010, Ljubljana was a world book capital. And I knocked the city council door. It was way too late for all the subsidies and, and everything. But uh, I, I told them I have some equipment that, that is connected to um, print production. So maybe it's a good idea to expose it publicly and we'll see. And then my life changed for good. Let's go a little bit deeper because um, you're here at WTM with printmaking equipment. In fact, a section of your studio accompanied you here. But we can't see that on camera at the moment. Could you maybe describe to people what they would see if they could see you in action just a few meters over? off camera. So thanks to Slovene Tourist Organization, we brought two tons of equipment. One piece, a huge piece, is a letter cabinet. So that's around one ton. And it's got all the, all the lead type uh, that you would traditionally see in a print, every print shop 100 years ago. So that's, that's part of my workshop. So that's uh, where, where the, how the letters are composed. And then we brought over uh, the, the proof press machine. So that's another nearly a ton. And that's where we do actually print. And then we brought a half-made poster that I finished here at uh, WTM. And that's what, what people could experience when they come over. Now, just before I grabbed you for this interview, there were three people waiting in line to have you make a print for them. Uh, what's the process like? What would you show people if you see it here? And what did you do before you arrived? You mentioned that there were two rounds of printing that took place before you actually brought the 
nearly finished prints here that you finish on site? Yes, uh, making this poster, it's a, it's a landscape of Ljubljana, three bridges, which is quite well known to all the locals, of course. Um, yeah, I started this carving, well, designing first of all the, the landscape, and then I carved it in, in um, a lino, like we all did at school. Since it's a multicolor print, I had to do separate, um, separate plates for each color. So starting with red, I carved it, I printed it, had to wait overnight for the, for the, uh, for the ink to dry, and went on with the second color, two qua color, printed that the second night, the second day, and waited overnight, and then I had to compose the inscription Ljubljana, and, um, uh, it, it's, at the bottom it's written, printed or by hand on Japanese not with paper because the paper is also quite special so that's the third step and this is what I'm uh, what I do uh, at, the, at the fair and when when somebody comes I explain how the composition was made let type all the spaces how everything is fixed in the machine and what kind of the machinery I use to do that and then I simply ink it and run the poster over the machine and voila as a finished print print we're going to come back to you to talk more about printmaking in a moment, but right now I'd like to bring you in, Daniel, and can you tell us about some of the crafts that tourists can engage in when they come to visit Ljubljana, some of them with traditions in Ljubljana and Slovenia? Thank you very kindly. Uh, yeah, it all started uh, in autumn uh, 2021 uh, when we adopted our new strategy for development of uh, destination of uh, Ljubljana for the next six years. And we started with a project of um, uh, preserving and collaborating with the traditional handicrafts uh, in Ljubljana. So there was a huge uh, research involved, analysis, and uh, one year later we launched them uh, on the market. Yeah. So uh, apart from uh, Marcos uh, Tipo Renaissance printing workshop, we have also some others uh, like the pottery class. Uh, we have umbrella repair lady. Uh, we have also uh, Master Goldsmith and Silversmith uh, workshop. And uh, last but not least, we have also Weaving uh, workshop. Weaving from A to Z. Yeah. So I'm interested in the wishes of the public. Tourists now are looking not just for beautiful places to visit, not just for good restaurants to eat in, not just good museums to visit, but also unique experiences that they can get perhaps only in a single place. And I'm not sure how many tourist organizations are launching umbrella repair workshops, but I, I'm fascinated by the idea of this. Have you found that this is something that tourists come to Ljubljana for, or are they just delighted when they get here that they wind up adding it to their itinerary? Uh, well, definitely at the moment, it's not a motive to arrive to Ljubljana, but it's just a nice add-on because it's a niche product. And uh, yesterday I was just uh, listening to a presentation uh, of uh, World Travel Report and what we already knew at Ljubljana Tourism, uh, I also heard it yesterday that 65% uh, of travelers are seeking, uh, so more travelers comparing to uh, five years ago, are seeking for some uh, alternative special experiences, you know. So that's where our workshops come uh, right on the spot. Do you have the idea that in the future there might be an ever-expanding offering of these experiences that are unique to Ljubljana? And is it more in terms of handicrafts or are people interested in things like bespoke tours, for instance, um, involving Jozef Plechnik's architecture, the famous architect who designed so many iconic buildings in Ljubljana? What do you think the direction is in terms of what tourists are looking for? 
I would say both, because Jože Plešnik is actually very special for Ljubljana, you know. He's uh, one of the seven uh, world architects uh, which are in uh, UNESCO heritage list. So that's definitely a motive to visit Ljubljana. He made a huge impact of our city. So I would say both, uh, both uh, let's say, kind of experiences uh, will, be, um, will be really strong in the future. Uh, apart from Jože Plešnik, let's say the architecture, also these kind of uh, niche products, which are at the moment they are niche, but they won't be forever. So Marco, I'm interested, tell me about Tipo Renaissance. What sort of workshops do you run? And more specifically, what type of printers do you use? Because I understand there's all sorts of different types of printers used throughout history. Tell me about the one that you acquired when people were getting rid of it when they gave you that phone call. So first question, what kind of workshops do I, do I run? Um, well, in the summer, when, when we get most of the attention, it's workshops for visitors. And uh, people come like families, or there might be um, team building, sometimes bigger groups. Sometimes on the rainy day, just a couple that would spend, uh, like, she would um, give him workshop as a, as a birthday present. So this is kind of a context. And then the second question was, uh, how, how did I acquire the, the equipment? Yeah, okay. So the majority equipment, is, it's called letterpress equipment, or basically the equipment that was used uh, to print with movable types. So, type. so that's something that Gutenberg invented. So the equipment that I have is a lot of lead type, around six tons. That's not alone. So you need you need a lot of uh, tools and uh, a lot of printing machines. And we have everything from baby tabletop machines up to two and a half tons proof presses, and everything in between. So now over the years it grew to twenty tons, and majority of it, not all of it, uh, one can see at any given time when entering the the print shop there in a working state. I did a workshop with you. And I wish we could do one live here, but it's not going to work logistically. But can you basically tell people what it looks like? So analog printmaking requires significant patience, organization, and focus. Can you walk us through what the process looks like? Because it's more complicated and more interesting than most people think. Indeed. That was a quite a tough question for me. People usually don't have the whole day to spend in a print shop, which would be a nice thing, nice thing to do, of course, to, to pass on the... The whole knowledge. So, what can you do in one uh, one and a half hour with a with a process that is so time demanding? So, I decided first of all what the content is going to be, and I decided I'll go for Slovene alphabet. Slovene alphabet. We of course all identify with the language, and uh, Slovene alphabet first of all is funny alphabet, only twenty five letters. Secondly, there's characters that repeat, so we only are left with twenty two uh, letters now. So, how do we communicate? So I think it's also a very good starting point. And nobody brings alphabet home. Like, why would you? You bring a dragon from Ljubljana, of course. So this is a starting point. And then we wrap it in a kind of series of decisions. First of all, we need to be graphic designers. We have to give it some shape. So I walk people through this. And then we have to put our hands on, like, you know, how are we going to do? What kind of material are we going to use? How is it all packed? We have to take in this case, wood type, which we still have quite a lot of uh, in our collection, we start arranging the wood type on a, on a press bed, and then we, we have to go into more detail with doing all the spacings manually. So that's where we lose quite a lot of time. People think it's like uh, it's going to take us 10 minutes. It's not 10 minutes. So 
and then when you finish that, we have to lock the composition quite firmly into the machine so it so that the printing ink doesn't pull it out when when we start printing. And then I give a quick explanation how the machine works. We work on a usually the the, the workshops are done on a proof press. So this is a press that you would use before going to a real machine to prove what you have done, to maybe correct some mistakes, and then you carry on. And usually people need five minutes to, to get a knowledge of how, and I specifically, especially with the bigger groups, encourage them to listen carefully, because I usually say this only once, so they would pass on the knowledge to the next person. So there's a paper feeding machine, a paper feeding person, printer, quality control, of course, somebody who, who inks the, 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 um, the composition. So they all have to cooperate, which is at certain moment really nice thing to do. And I just step back. Yeah. And it used to function on its own. So every few years, it seems, although in historical moments, it's been every few generations, there's some huge technological advance that people are worried will will ruin everything that came before. And inevitably, it turns out to be just another tool that doesn't ruin things of the past, but just opens new doors. You could think about the invention of photography, which just shifted the direction that painting took instead of destroying it altogether. Even the original movable-type printing press, some people thought that was the end of the good old days of monks transcribing things by hand. What are your thoughts on the advances in AI software and what it means for traditional analog printing. Yeah, that's a very interesting answer. I mean, a question really difficult to answer. Well, I will, I will use quotes because I, I, I recently came uh, across some really nice quotes. One of them was, as you said already, I, AI is just another tool and we have to use um, to get used to it. Uh, it's not able to do a lot of things. We just have to maybe adjust our values. What are our values? It's going to replace something but we can use it for good or for bad. So we have to set up our values first, I guess. And then it's going to be okay, I think. Um, there is plenty of that. There is a professor who said, well, use AI, and then I will judge you on what you find it did wrong, because what, what it did right, okay, that's fine. But what it did is wrong, so that's our place. That's where we come in, what we can do better. And I'm not really afraid um, with interaction with mechanical because already now we can use computer in pre-press and then make a printing plate and put it in a machine that is not really electrified. So that's that's how completely up-to-date modern world cooperates with the mechanical world. I'm fine with that. And of course, it's not going to be mainstream uh, business or economic. Uh, yeah, in in terms of economy, it's not. It's not. Uh, it doesn't bring any any significant income, of course. But like, I teach a lot, and the students lack experience with with uh, skipping steps with digital tools. And I've I've noticed that I quite like it going step by step with something that they didn't think of at all. And that's one mission, and I like it. Could you tell us this fun fact? Where do we get the term uppercase and lowercase from? That's an interesting one. Well, centuries ago, of course, now we have a lot of, a lot of, uh, different glyphs in, in one drawer. Not only, I don't know, in English, maybe 30 characters. We need uppercase. We need lowercase. Of course, we need punctuation. But back in the day, they would physically separate bigger letters from smaller letters. So when you would send your apprentice to bring you 
the uppercase, meaning bigger letters, he would literally pick the uppercase, or you would bring the lowercase. And of course, we forgot where it came from, but we still use it in everyday life. Also, whenever in everyday uh, life we use MS Word to do some text, you set up the height of letters in in some number. Let's say it's, it's twelve, but the unit is points. That's exactly where point points come from. It's the printing world. So this didn't change. Daniel, I'm curious, in your experience, what do tourists who come to Ljubljana, without maybe so much expectation of what they're going to find there, what are the things that usually most delight them and surprise them in a positive way? Oh, that's a really uh, good question. Uh, I would say that, uh, let's say, 10, 15 years ago, uh, when visitors arrived to Ljubljana, they really had let's say, low or medium-low expectations about the city, you know. But nowadays, uh, I'm pretty sure majority of them, they know what to expect in Ljubljana. They heard from their friends, from their family who visited already. They watched it on TV or social media or whatever. But uh, in general, I would say they're mostly surprised about the cleanliness of the city, the safety, and uh, the architecture. You know, uh, you've been to Ljubljana, you said, so, uh, you know, the old city uh, center, pedestrian zone for traffic-free area. They love that. They love that it's uh, everything is uh, walkable. So, it's, I would say, it's just the right size city to, to, to visit. I am also was one of the people who wound up moving there because I like Josip Lechnik's architecture so much. I wound up doing my PhD in his architecture, and I settled on living in Slovenia largely because I was interested in the aesthetics of Ljubljana based on a visit as a tourist. So people can even move there if they like it enough. Um, Marco, one of the things that Slovenia prides itself on is being a green, sustainable country in terms of tourism and in terms of lifestyle. And one of the things I was struck with is you're printing on paper that's not actually made from trees. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Because it's actually in the vibe with sustainability. Yes, indeed. Five years ago, 11 partners from Ljubljana joined forces and had just one answer, just one question to answer, and which is, is there any alternative way of treating invasive plants except for just destroying them? Uh, it was a three years long project and the outcome was, I think, 65 inventions or 56 was it? I don't know. Some of them are patented now. One of the outcome was the complete production of making paper either machine way or handmade uh, with a plant that is highly invasive and it's called in English Japanese knotweed. I think it's a pest in every country. So I'm here at uh, WTM, I'm printing on a paper that is made from uh, from this invasive plant. If, if you're not familiar, if everyone is not familiar with the plant, Google it. Uh, it's actually really interesting that it's on a, on a list of healing plants. It's edible. You can make pie of it. But uh, it, it takes our fertile land. So maybe my last question for you is, I mean, I have an answer for it, but I'm curious what you, what you have to say. In this era where everything is digitalized and we live so often through screens and through our phones, I think there's a real pleasure in stepping out of your everyday life and turning to something analog and mechanical. Um, in your opinion, how can analog, even historical technology, like printmaking by hand relate to us today in our digitalized world? Well, of course, every time in past, 
tools would uh, would direct uh, the way of your creativity. So you change a tool, your creativity will follow also and adapt to this kind of tool. It's the same with printing. Once you have used digital uh, software, as I said before, you skip many steps. So what are these steps? And you you find out when you come to a print shop. What is this material? How does it sound? How, well, it's quite quite heavy. So what what's the texture? How how would you use it? Is there any other way to use it? And suddenly you end up spending one day, and you would like to spend some more. So that, that's probably the shortest answer. So it sounds like Ljubljana is a great place to visit for expectations or to be pleasantly surprised with what a wonderfully accessible city it is, and it promotes a sort of analog slowness that I think we're all lacking. And if you're on a holiday, that can be a really beneficial thing. You're unplugging. And you can unplug quite literally by engaging in some of the craft experiences that you can add on to your tourist visit to Slovenia and to Ljubljana. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks to both of you for spending time with us. And now you have a waiting list of people wanting Ljubljana prints. So I'll let you get back to it. Thank you very much. When you visit Slovenia, consider signing up for one of Marko's printmaking workshops for tourists at Tipo Renesansa. You'll get to learn about Slovenia's rich traditions in a hands-on way and take home a beautiful souvenir of your choice that you will have made yourself. Vala and thank you for listening to Feel Slovenia, the podcast. This podcast is brought to you by the Slovenian Tourist Board and was written and presented by Dr. Noah Charney. Please subscribe to get each new episode and tell all of your friends interested in travel and all things Slovenia. If you'd like to learn more, visit slovenia.info. For more information, you're welcome to follow our social media channels, Feel Slovenia on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, LinkedIn, YouTube, and TripAdvisor.